within you, those that have asked me into your life. God said, I am with you, and I am now getting ready to overthrow the enemy. For the Lord says that as I have put a mouthpiece within your vocal cords, God said, all you have to do is open up your mouth and step forward with a step of faith and step forward and let the Lord flow out of you in the declarations of your home, in the declarations for your loved ones, in the declaration for that job, in the declaration in your finances, in the declaration over your bodies. God said, declare and decree and see now that I shall move. See now that I shall bring the manifestation of all that you have hoped for, all that you have believed in, all that you have looked to. You said, God, did you forget me? I said, no. No, my child, I have not forgotten you. I have been waiting for the ripe time. I have been waiting for the opportunity. I've been waiting, said God, and now is the time. Now is the time to grab that which you have believed in the deep recesses of your heart, God said. The deep recesses of your heart, said the Lord. Let it come up now. Yeah, dare to trust in me. You will not be disappointed in that which I will do for you in this next season. I say to you, when there was a closed door in the past, yet you've not forgotten that dream, yet you've not let that go, you've not let the doubt overtake you, God said, open that door today. Open the door and walk on through, for today is the day that I'm calling you out of the boat. Today is the day I'm saying, come on, Peter. Come on, John. Come on, Susie. Come on, Mary, get out of the boat. Trust in me and watch and see. I will uphold you with my right hand. I will uphold you with my promises. Hallelujah. Praise him this morning. Praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not by accident we're in the Pentecost season. It's not by accident we are in this time. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't wait till we have live worship again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can't wait till we have some music behind this. And we can just praise him and take some time in his presence. Hallelujah. But you know what? We can still do that. We don't have to stop. I don't care what anybody says. They have not slowed me down one bit. I'm going to praise him wherever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Part of that word said our children are coming to the Lord. It's time we begin to thank him. Pastor, come. Let's pray for the lost. Thank the Lord and pray for the network. Let's begin to thank God for the salvation of our children and our grandchildren. Let's begin to thank God already for what we have not yet seen and begin to believe the word of God for it's the same yesterday, it's the same today, and it'll be the same tomorrow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we praise you and we thank you this morning, Lord God. And yes, Lord, we do. We thank you. Thank you for the salvation, Lord God, of our loved ones. Thank you for the salvation of lost souls. Lord, we thank you in advance. We've cried out uh, unto you before you, Lord God, for them. We've lifted them up before you and we continue to cry out before you, Lord God. We continue to lift them up before you. But Lord, we thank you. We thank you for saving their souls. We thank you for pulling them out, Lord. 
Lord God. We thank you, Father, for rescuing them. We thank you, Lord God, that, hallelujah, you save them, you heal them, you deliver them, you set them free. Every unsaved loved one, Lord God, every lost soul, we believe you this morning, Lord. That, hallelujah, Lord, you rescue them and turn their lives around. Hallelujah, for there is an army that's arising. There is an army that's assembling. Hallelujah, and our unsaved loved ones, Lord God, are in the number of that army that's raising up. Hallelujah, Father God, that you are bringing forth glory to God to do valiant works before you in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving them. Thank you for bringing them out. Thank you for rescuing them. Thank you for calling them. Thank you for anointing them. Thank you for healing them. Thank you for setting them free. Hallelujah. 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 And Father, we thank you also, Lord, for the EACM network. We pray for every church this morning, every parachurch this morning, every EACM minister, Lord. We lift everyone up before you in the name of Jesus as you continue to assemble this mighty army, Lord God. Thank you for those in the EACM that are numbered in this army. Thank you, Father God, that you anoint us like never before. Hallelujah. You grace us and equip us like never before. Yes, God, we give you glory this morning. We give you honor for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for clear direction for our assignment. Thank you for clarity of purpose for our assignment. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah that you make the way plain for us as we carry out the assignment. Hallelujah. As EACM churches and ministries, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, for every chaplain, every FRC chaplain, the IAC chaplains. We lift them up before you. And Father, we speak grace, blessing, strength, encouragement over their lives today. In the name of Jesus, yes, we give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you the honor, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Father, we pray for this great house. Yeah, we pray for our leaders. We pray, Lord, even for Apostle C and Sister C this morning. We lift them up before you in the name of Jesus as standard bearers, Lord. Hallelujah. As gatekeepers, Lord. We lift them up before you. We pray for Pastor Gardner, Lord. We lift them up before you as well. Speak blessing over his life. Strength and grace, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for our leaders here, our bishop and Dr. Sharon. Lord, we speak blessing over them, grace over them. Hallelujah. Wisdom and strategies as the army is assembled, even from this house, even from the hallelujah, the standpoint of this house, the assignment of this house in this new season and with this new normal. Thank you, Lord God. No more church as usual. Thank you, Father God. No more business as usual. Thank you, Lord God. No more routine stuck in tradition. But I thank you for valiant leaders. Thank you for anointed leaders. Thank you for grace-filled leaders. Thank you. Hallelujah. You preserved them for such a time as this. You kept 
them, God, for such a time as them. You bless them, Lord, for such a time as them. You've given them equipment. You've given them tools to take us further and beyond in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody that believes God. And if you're a part of this army, they're in your homes, here in the sanctuary. Lift your voice and give the Lord a shout. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad everyone's here. And welcome to everyone watching on live stream. So glad you're here. Amen. And if you heard that prophetic word of the Lord this morning, I really don't even need to preach. Amen. In fact, she got my word morning and evening. Praise God. So God is good. Amen. And I know that no one knew that the name of my word was it's a time to arise. <laughs> Look at, just shout it out this morning. Arise. arise. Come on, let me hear you say rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. All right. As we begin to head toward Pentecost, I want to take the time this morning to look at John the Baptist. Now, many of you are saying, John the Baptist, he didn't, you know, he was already a part of Jesus' ministry prior to Jesus going to the cross. But that's okay. I want you to take note of some of the things about John because it applies to us so much in this season. And so I want you to just follow this morning John's life. I call him John B. Amen? Amen? And I want you to examine your heart this morning first because I want us to have ears to hear and eyes to see. So let's humble ourselves before the Lord if you're in a place where you can kneel just for a minute, not because it's uh, a tradition or it's a ritual, but when we kneel before the Lord, I believe that we're humbling ourselves. It's a posture that we take. Amen? Amen. So I want to just kneel this morning before the Lord. And if you're at home watching, you can kneel right where you're at. And I want to just seek God's face this morning so that our ears hear. Not just uh, hear, not just listen, because you can listen and you can hear. But I want us to get rid of the distractions this morning. Because I say it and I'll keep saying it to you. Hashem, that's Hebrew for God. 
Hashem is in control of everything concerning your life, concerning the earth. So, God, we just come before your presence. God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for breath. We thank you for life. We thank you for what you've done in this past season and what you're continuing to do in the next season. And Father, we want to empty everything out right now before you. We humble ourselves. God, we want to hear what you're saying to us. And we want to listen carefully. Father, we just give you glory this morning. Glory, because we will arise. We will rise up because of all that you've put in us. And Father, in this season of transition, in this season of reset, in this season, God, where you are really just positioning and preparing us, God, let us be blessed from where we come and let us be blessed to where we're going. And Father, we just thank you this morning for ears to hear, for eyes to see. And God, that everything we hear this morning, we will use for your glory in Jesus' name. I bind up all distraction. I bind it up this morning. I bind up fear and anxiety and worry. All the junk the enemy wants to flood our minds with to get us off. I bind it up this morning. I cast it to the pit because tomorrow will take care of itself. So, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for today and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're where you're at, just give God praise. Hallelujah. Well, I believe you're where you're at, but give God praise. Amen. No matter where you're at, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I, can, I can't even hear it in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. John the Baptist. Wow. Dr. Cheryl, of all the people in the whole Bible, Yes, because I want you to see some things this morning. John was a great man of God. Hello? John was a great man of God. John was a holy man, right? He was a holy man of God. John was used to living where? Out in the wilderness, out in the open. John would have been the one hiking and going over to the river, taking all his clothes off and jumping in, right? John was an earthy man. I mean, his diet tells you that. I'm not all about locusts, and I don't want to eat locusts and honey, but John was used to being out there. John was used to speaking truth. Hello? 
John wasn't all fuzzy and warm. He just said, hey, repent. You're going to you know where. John lived a supernatural life. Hello? I imagine when everybody else's kid is going off to rabbinical school or something in those days, wherever they went off, or starting a family, getting married, starting a family. I'm sure John's mother was a bit concerned. Where are you going? Levi next door, he's getting married. Joshua over here, he's going on to train with the rabbi. You're going where? To the wilderness? They're not going to have matzo ball soup out there. What are you going to eat? Locusts? John, how many of you hear what I'm saying? But John knew Jesus in the womb of his mother. Come on. Let's go back a minute. Mary was pregnant and Elizabeth said, the baby is stirring in my womb. John watched the Holy Ghost come on Jesus at his baptism. When everyone else was just, Jesus was getting baptized and all the people were going, oh, isn't that awesome? John's going, no, don't you see? Don't you see the Spirit on him? John was able to confirm this is the one. This is the one, you guys. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Do we have that or no? Okay. Matthew 11, verse 2. And if you're at home, we're having a few little challenges this morning with the Bible up on the screen. So get your words out. You got your phones, whatever. Matthew 11, verse 2. It says, meanwhile, John, the Baptist, and and in Hebrew, he was called Yohanan the Immerser. Awesome. Who had been put in prison, heard what the Messiah had been doing, so he sent a message to him through his disciples, asking, Are you the one who is to come? Now in verse 2, we find out John is in prison. Now I want you to get a picture of that in your mind because John was used to being out in the open. And now here he is all closed in in a little prison, a dungeon, Uh, probably a dirt floor, rats running around, and he's all closed in. And I want you to just get for a minute in the natural what his state of mind was. He was oppressed. How many of you ever been oppressed? How many of you ever been depressed? 
How many of you ever felt confined? You ever felt isolated? And you're all looking at me going, yeah, no! Right? And the only reason John was there was because someone didn't want him to speak truth. Herodias, the widow of one of the higher-ups, was about to marry the brother. And there was some stuff going on there that wasn't God. And so John came right out in his John way and was speaking truth and saying, hey, this isn't good. You're sinning. And he didn't care who heard and he didn't care who knew. So here comes the enemy through Herodias because she didn't want John speaking truth. You know, she certainly was hearing. How many of you know the enemy will cause us to become hearers when we try to not deal with truth? But here, the enemy was trying to stop John, intimidate him, uh, you know, just keep him, hold him back, break him. And so what happens here is John says, hey, I got a question. And he needs some assurance from God. And so he sends his disciples out. Now I ask you, how many of you have felt isolated, confined, abandoned, alone? How many? It's been a season. And I want you to understand, we have to own that. We can't say, well, so-and-so should have called me. So-and-so should have contacted No, just own it. Yes, God, I'm feeling those things, have felt those things, whatever. And the truth of the matter is that God was saying, hey, I want you to see that what John went through, that's what you've been going through. And even John, great man of God, awesome man, Knew God, knew the Spirit. Wow, found himself in a place where he was questioning. So now I ask you, how many of you have been questioning? Especially, they didn't have fake media back then. So they didn't have all this stuff coming at them. But they had the town gossips. Hello, that could have been as good as fake news. Right? And so all that, in, in addition, how many of you would say, yeah, I, I've been asking, God, what's going on? Especially right now, we feel like, okay, enough's enough. <laughs> okay? It's time to, whew. But I want you to look at this in a new light for a minute. What has God been doing in your life? What has God been showing you? And granted, we might all be saying, eh, I don't want to look at that. Okay, God, we'll save that for the next 
time. But God's been doing a work. He's been preparing us, cleaning us up, getting us ready for what? To arise. To rise up. Church, it's time to rise up. We'll not be silent in this next season. We're feeling all of this junk, but I want you to know one thing. And if you're taking any notes, write this down. Don't you dare allow anyone or anything to cause you to forget the truth. Don't let anybody keep you from speaking the truth. You've been on this journey with God. You all been walking this journey and you know what God's been doing, you know, you know that you know that you know. It isn't all up here. It's in here. It's in you, the truth. And nobody can challenge truth in you. You got to know. Know that you know the truth. And what is that truth? That he is with you. That he is the one, the one that you can trust. I don't care who questions. I don't care who says, yeah, but did you see this? Did you hear that? Look at this. You say, I know, but God is in control and I trust him. Oh, but Dr. Cheryl, this one is a rat. And that one, you know, they're exposing. They're going to expose all kinds of stuff in this next season. You're going to see all kinds of corruption come down. You're going to see all kinds of exposing. And you're going to go, oh, my word, him, her, no. Yes. But the bottom line is you don't have to trust them. You have to trust him. And John, man, John trusted Jesus. John trusted his God. John was a good Jewish man and knew Hashem is always in control. But he was a man, and he questioned just like we do. He got a little nervous and needed a little reassurance. Hey, you the one? After John had seen the Holy Ghost baptize Jesus, John still was like, are you sure you're the one? Because I'm like sitting in this dungeon, and I don't get it. How many of you have been there? How many of you know what I'm saying? Examine your heart. What have you grown in spiritually? Because he's always with us. Always. Say that. He is always with us. He's always with us. Look at Matthew 11, verse 4 to 6. Yeshua, when John said, are you the one or should I look for someone else? Yeshua answered, go and tell John that you are hearing and seeing. You're hearing, say hearing, and seeing, say seeing. The blind are seeing again, the lame are walking, 
people are being cleansed from leprosy. The deaf are hearing. The dead are being raised. The good news is being told to the poor. And how blessed is anyone not offended by me. Jesus was saying to John, Jesus is saying to us, I got this. Hello? I got this. I got your back. I got your front. I got you on every side. He was reassuring that, yes, promises are coming to pass. What I have discovered is I got this plan in my mind, and then God interrupts everything. How many of you understand that word, interrupt? So in this time of being locked down, it's a polite way of saying the stay-at-home order. It's a lockdown. And a lot of us have asked questions. And a lot of us are wondering what is going on. But see, in the midst of all of this junk going on, there's been breakthrough. There's been salvations. People have been coming to know Christ. The first week of this junk, I was in here doing a live stream, and a little gentleman came from the back of the church at the end and and just needed to be saved. He wanted Christ. We led him to the Lord. There's salvations. People are being healed like crazy. Doctors going, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how you're alive. Creation, I know the earth is thankful. Creation has gotten a break. I don't know if you noticed, but everything is much greener than past springs. Everything is refreshed. The air is clear. You can go out at night here in the city. And see stars you could never see before. There's no pollution. The grounds, very little pollution. Because why? Humans haven't been around to make a mess. So I know the earth is thankful. Man, God, we are so glad you put all these people on a break. We're sick of being polluted. And the point of the matter is, Jesus was saying, I got this. He was saying, listen, hope, hope, grab a hold of hope. Don't settle for depression and fear and anger and worry and anxiety. Hope. I'm sending hope. Say, he's with us. He's with us. He's with us. Keep reminding yourself, he is with you. He's he's with us. Hallelujah. You know, in the Hebrew, the word ruach, R-U-A-C-H, ruach means spirit. But another translation of it is also wind. The wind is about to blow like never before. 
Pentecost, we're heading to Pentecost. I mean, how many of you ever been on one of those humongous slides at the theme parks? I feel like we're on a slide, and we're going around and coming down, and we're heading right for Ruach, the Spirit, the wind. It's carrying you. He's with us. That's why he sent his Holy Ghost. Because he said, I'm going, but he's coming. Let's look at Matthew 11, 7 through 15. He says, as they were leaving, Jesus began talking about John to the crowds. Wow. So now Jesus is filling them in about John. He says, what did you go out to the desert to see? Reeds swaying in the breeze? No. Then what did you go out to see? Did you go out there looking for John who was well-dressed? Well-dressed people live in king's palaces. So why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes. John was a prophet. John foretold. John was a forerunner. You got to get this. This is powerful. John was a forerunner. And I'm going to address that in a second. But it says, I tell you, he's much more than a prophet. He says, this is the one about whom the Tanakh, the, the word says, see, I'm sending out my messenger ahead of you. Save forerunner. He'll prepare your way before you. Yes, I tell you that among those born of women, there has not arisen, arise, anyone greater than Yohanan, the immerser, John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the time of Yohanan, the immerser, John the Baptist, till now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence. Yes, violent ones are trying to snatch it away. For all the prophets and the Torah prophesied until Yohanan, indeed, if you are willing to accept it, he is Eliahu or Elijah, whose coming was predicted. If you have ears, then hear. Say, I got ears. I got ears. I'm listening. I'm, listening. I'm hearing. Jesus honors John here, but I want you to see that Jesus was calling him a forerunner. Now, I looked that up. I mean, I knew basically what a forerunner was, but I wanted something tangible I could say to you. A forerunner is someone who paves the way for something coming today. Is that good? It's something or someone that paves the way for what's coming today. So, 
something practical you would get. How many of you remember the rotary phones? Hello? Rotary phones, flip tops. Some people still have a flip top, but they paved the way for the fancy stuff we got today. Does that make sense? Now, I remember the phone in the bag. Rotary phone in the bag you put in your seat in your car next to you. About took up the whole space of another seat. Preparing us for what? What we get today. These little nothings. But these little nothings do everything imaginable. Right? John was a forerunner. He was sent ahead, right? He was sent ahead of God, by God to bring us and prepare us and inform us of what's coming, of who's coming. Jesus. See, people, we got to hear. It's easy to listen. I can listen uh, to music while I'm cleaning my house. I can listen to whatever someone's talking to me about while doing something else. It's a whole nother thing to hear. Amen. Hello? That's right. That's right. It's a whole nother thing to focus and hear. And John was sent so that we would hear, so that the people of that day would hear, hey, there is someone coming who is incredible. He'll do stuff you can't even imagine. I want to tell you today, get ready because you are being sent after this season. He's prepared you to be forerunners to go advance his kingdom. You're going to speak the truth and people are going to hear, not just listen. You're going to be sent out because he's been preparing you. He's been cleaning you up. He's been getting you ready. Why? Because there's going to be those that are just going to be strategically put right in your path. And you're going to go, oh, 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 you know what? You better do da, da, da. Listen, I just felt like God said something to me. You would never have done it a season ago, but guess what you're going to do now? You're going to hear God in your ears so big, and you're going to say, uh, listen, and they're going to look at you, and you're not going to care anymore if anybody likes you. <laughs> you're not going to care anymore if you hurt someone's feelings with the truth of God. You're going to speak the word. You can speak it in love. We're all going to get a little more training on that level. <laughs> we're not going to go blasting people, but we're going to love. And we're going to say, wow, I don't even know you, but I feel like God wants you to. And we're going to give truth. You are forerunners. Say, I'm a forerunner. I'm a forerunner. All right, let's look at Matthew eleven twenty through 24. Then Yeshua began to denounce the towns which he had done most of his miracles. Wow. 
Why is Jesus about to blast these people in these towns? Because he did all these miracles there. Because the people had not turned from their sins to God. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Why, if the miracles done in you had been done in Sore and Sidon, they would long ago have put on sackcloth and ashes as evidence that they had changed their ways. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sore and Sidon than for you on the day of judgment. And you, Capernaum, you, Capernaum, that's what he's talking to, Capernaum. That's the Hebrew for Capernaum, where Jesus' ministry was based. He says, in you, will you be exalted to heaven? Will you be all exalted because my ministry was based there? He says, no. No. You'll be brought down to Shoal. Sheol is a word for hell. For if the miracles done in you had been done inside them, it would still be in existence today. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, it'll be more bearable from the land of Sodom, woe, than for you. Capernaum. He's talking to Capernaum where Jesus' whole ministry was based. Jesus would go back to Capernaum in, in days when he just needed a break. He wanted to go home and just chill out with his brothers and sisters and just be home. And look what he says. He goes, this is going to be worse for you than it was for, si for Sodom. Whoa. Here Jesus is stressing again. I know some of you are looking at me going, oh, no, here comes repentance. Yeah. That's what Jesus was saying. Repent. While you got a minute, while you can still breathe on this earth, get on your face. Who's he talking to today? The church. America. America. You've been birthed in God. You know my father. You, he started this land. It's going to be worse, America, if you don't repent than it was for Sodom. We got to be before God. I'm on my face every night, every other night at least, crying out for the nations, crying out for America, I, you know, I used to think, okay, yeah, we've, got a, we've gotten a lot of, of killing in this country because of abortions and violence. But now it's like it makes me just weep and sob because I've I'm, I'm got that burden. God, forgive us. Turn this around. The church. The church. It's going to be worse for the church if we don't get this turned around. He compares it to Sodom. We have to acknowledge that we've got to repent. He's got us 
in a reset. And I've said that before, but I want you to understand when you reset something, you turn it off. Your phone, your computer, your iPad, you turn it off and then you turn it back on. Why? To reset it. Well, he's turned everything off in the world. He's shut down every major mountain, entertainment, government, uh, blah, 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 all of them, education. He shut down uh, movie industry. He shut down sports industry. He shut it all down. What's he done? He's resetting. And he says, I want you to draw close to me. I have interrupted the world. How many of you feel like your whole life has just been interrupted in the last three months? Interruption. March 15th. That was the day I remember when everything was closing down at 3 o'clock. I had a meeting, and we were running to get there at 2, just so we could all get into one place in a restaurant and do what we needed to do to get out. Where were you? Think back. Think back to where God interrupted your life. And he's such a good God because he didn't just blast us at once. He kind of, you had to kind of get used to what was going on. It took a minute for everything to start being processed. He interrupted. And I want to tell you something. It's time now to arise. He's reset you. How many of you could say, oh, man, yes. I've been spending incredible time with God, and I don't know if I ever want to leave. I don't want to go back to nothing except to work and to love my family and to take care of my mate and to get involved with what God tells me to get involved in. I don't want to go back to the ripping and running in this direction, that direction, going, doing that. Got to get that. I just want to stay put. Hear God. He's reset you. He's reset our lives. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll like it. Imagine for a minute, Jesus is the example. Here he was doing ministry, and yet one thing I want to bring to your attention, were they hanging people on crosses even while he was doing ministry? When Jesus was walking through Capernaum and all the different towns and cities, they were hanging people on Calvary. They were hanging people and crucifying them and persecuting people, weren't they? And imagine how Jesus felt, number one, knowing he had to go there. Number two, watching the pain of all the people at being executed. And he had to let it happen for him to complete his assignment, right? I want you to imagine that for a minute because seeing all that death could have really gotten his attention off. It says he was like us in everything but sin. So he felt what we feel. He could have gotten distracted, couldn't he? But this is the coolest part. 
Even at that time, when he was in the earth, he knew one thing. The solution was in him. He had to go to the cross, shed his blood. He knew the solution was in him. And that's what propelled him. How many of you are getting this? Because if you look at, and I want you to look at this scripture. First John 4.17. Here is how love has been brought to maturity with us. As the Messiah is, so are we in the world. This gives us confidence for the day of judgment. Now stay right there with me. So as the Messiah is, so are we in this world. What are you saying, Dr. Cheryl? So as the Messiah knew that the solution was in him for the world, we so are we, we in the world, the solution to everything is in us, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yes. Are you getting it? He's got to put everything in us. We're being prepared in this season, just like Jesus was prepared for three years. We're in the earth, and we're being prepared because people are going to be looking for a solution, and the solution is in you to impart to them Jesus. That's good. So as the Messiah, so are we. As he is, so are we in the world. Hey, if you signed up for this, if you signed up and said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I want to do whatever you've called me to do, then get ready because he's going to give you some assignments. And he's saying, as I am, so are you in the world. So get out there and give them the solution. People don't want to be patted on the head. People want answers. I don't care how many politicians, scientists, all the greats come out of the woodwork. We got the answer. Just us little old ordinary people. The solution's in us. Jesus Christ. He's interrupted everything. Because we had to get reset. Because we had to get a faith moment. We had to get a moment where we got awakened. And if we're awake, it's time for the next great awakening. You're going to see salvations, miracles, things you've never even anticipated. And it's all going to be by all of us little ordinary people. Great in one thing, Jesus. And that's what God's saying. He's saying, I've prepared you. Now is the time. Now as you go out, 
You're going to change the nation, not the politicians, not the scientists and all the knowledge in the world. We're going to change the nation, the people of God who say Jesus is Lord, and we will arise because he's with us, and he's going to change our nation. You know, crisis creates a great move of God. Fear tries to drown it out. Anxiety, depression, anger. Listen, do what you got to do, devil. We already declare you annihilated, destroyed, and eradicated in the name of Jesus. God says it's time for a divine face-off. I love that. That's what he said to me. He goes, time for a divine face-off. And I'm putting my people right there to face off with the enemy. And I will. This is what he said. He goes, I'm going to protect you all, deliver you all, and restore you all. Now, how many of you would even say right now, yeah, he's been restoring me in the middle of all this pandemic, all the doom and gloom speaking, and God says, no, I'm restoring, I'm delivering, I'm protecting. Matthew eleven twenty five. We're winding down here. How many of you are getting it? All right. Eleven twenty five. It was at that time that Yeshua said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you concealed these things from the sophisticated the educated, and revealed them to ordinary folks. See what I'm saying? Jesus is saying, I've given you all kinds of tools. I've been preparing you and preparing you. I've given you weapons of war. I've given you the armor. I've given you a decree and declare prayer in the word. I've given you all kinds of tools. And he goes, now it's time for a divine face-off. And I'm going to give you the strategies and the solutions. I'm not going to give it to all the sophisticated and all the educated Oh, well, this politician's saying this, and that scientist is saying that, and oh, what are we going to do? The World Health Organization is saying this, and we're not going to do anything but declare truth, declare healing, declare wholeness, declare the word of the Lord. We're going to march on because he is with us. I'd rather have him with me than all the politicians and scientists in the world. I'd rather have him with me than the smartest man or woman in the universe. I want him with me. But it's requiring something that we've been learning in this season. He's saying, I want you to sit, and I want you to listen. And I want you to get close to me. And I want you to cry out. And I want you to repent. And I want you to let me deal with the junk in you first before you go out there and save the world. Right? Amen. 
Before you go out there and turn the whole world upside down, I want you to do, to do what's right to do in you. He says, just keep doing what you know to do. How many times do I say that, people? Just keep doing what's right. You're not going to lose. Hashem is in control. Oh, my God, this happened. That's happened. Oh, my God. No, keep doing what you know to do with whatever resources he gives you. Keep doing what you know to do. Psalm 140, verse 7, it says, My helmet shielding my head in battle. I didn't give them this one. I want you to just write it down for when you're in your prayer closet. Psalm 140, verse 7, he talks about his hel my helmet shielding my head in battle. you got to put your helmet on. See, you got to put on the helmet of salvation. Put it on. Because when you're in battle, you got to know that you know that you know in here that you're saved and you know Jesus Christ. So pray the word of God. Protect your thoughts in this season. Protect your thoughts. Don't allow your mind to just wander. Don't allow yourself to just think whatever gets sent your way. Everything sent your way isn't God. Amen. Some of it's just a plain old dirty devil. A lot of it. You know we only use less than a tenth of our brain? That's the truth, statistically. Well, what's happened to the other nine-tenths? Fill it with God. Fill it with God. Know your battles. Don't go fighting everybody else's battles. Don't go putting your mouth on every uh, government leader you can. You don't even know what you're talking about. I love it. People got so much to say about this uh, representative, House of Rep, this uh, senator, this governor, the, the president, the vice president. He's got, I've got so much to say. And I want to say, so where did you get so smart? Because you read a few articles? Because you looked at the news and listened to all the fake news. Because you believe every lie. What made you a professional? Give it to God. Let God worry about the politicians and the government and what's going on. You, the ordinary folks, and you and me, let's just stay in our lane. Choose our battles wisely. We don't need all that contention, strife, and division. My Lord, Facebook is just nothing but strife, division, hate. So I just eliminate them all except the ones that put scriptures up and, you know, testimonies. And know your boundaries. He gives you wisdom. Build his kingdom. Talk to people about Jesus. If the worst thing anyone has ever said about you is, as all you talk about is Jesus, praise the Lord. I love it. If that's the last thing anybody remembers about me, I'm good.
find rest, not strife. Look at our last scripture, Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. How many of you will never look at Matthew 11 the same again? Amen. Look at verse 29 and 30. He winds up after all of that discourse on John. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen to me. Carry his burdens, not yours. Take on what he's doing, not, not your junk. Give it to him. Because what God spoke to me about this is that people are watching you. People are watching me. People are looking at us going, I wonder what they're going to do now. People are watching your life. They don't listen so much to what comes out of your mouth as they look at your life. And if you say, oh, you got to walk with Jesus, but then you are all stressed out, burdened, carrying the world on your shoulders, and cussing like a sailor, that don't match. Saints, grab a hold and arise. Arise with the word of God in your mouth. And begin to realize that he's got you on this journey. How many of you believe you're on a journey? Some of you don't even know if you're on a journey or not. Some of you are wondering, I don't know what I'm doing here. You're on a journey. And it's beyond begun. But what he's saying is, I don't want you to look at life as the same old thing. No more. Nothing's going to be the same. Now, we're hearing that in the natural, but I'm telling you in the spirit realm, nothing is going to be the same. Because if nothing else, you are looking at things differently, you're praying differently, you know God more, you're spending time with God, nothing is going to be like it was. Thank God. <laughs> and it's time to rise up. It's time to get up. We're heading to Pentecost. We're heading to Pentecost, May 31st. We're going to have a full-blown praise and worship. Dr. Tom's coming back with the whole team. And we're going to blow with the wind of the Spirit. Yes, yes. You better look out. You might see tongues of fire on your forehead. <laughs> Hello? See, John B., John the Baptist, he knew something was coming. He knew something greater was coming. And he was preparing and prepared to blow with the wind of the Spirit. I'm telling you, something big is coming. 
This Pentecost is just as significant as Passover was. You know, I was in uh, the doctor's office with Bishop the other day, and our little doctor is a Jewish man. And so he loves me, and he just, because I'm Jewish, and he just thinks that's so cool, this crazy Jewish woman who, who believes in Jesus. And we're always talking to him about Jesus, and he listens. And it's funny, because when he needs something, he prays. He says, will you pray? Now, he knows who we're praying to. But he hugged me, and I was about to walk out of the office, and the Lord said, tell him about Passover. And for a second, I said, well, God, he knows about Passover. And the Lord says, no, about this Passover. So I run back in the office, and I says, Doc. And he looked, he goes, what? And I said, by the way, did you notice anything different about Passover? He said, yeah. He says, we were in our home. But Cheryl, we got to see on the screen. We did prayers from Shul, you know, from the temple. And we did them all together. I said, but you were alone in your house celebrating Passover. He goes, yeah. He goes, I said, that's the first time since the first Passover, Doc. In the Bible, in your Torah, where everybody was in their home by themselves celebrating Passover because God put the blood over your doorposts. He just stared at me. And he goes, I don't think any of us thought of that. I said, Doc, you're this big wig at your, at your temple. <laughs> Go back and tell them. Hey, this has been a significant Passover because it's the first time in the history that we were alone in our houses because God wants our attention. He said, I'm going to do that. Listen, we're heading toward Pentecost. It's time to arise. We had a significant Passover, and we're about to have a significant Pentecost. The wind's going to blow. The Holy Spirit's going to invade, and we're all going to get filled with the power. Listen, prepare yourself now over the next couple weeks. Pray in the Holy Ghost like never before. Run around your house shouting and celebrating and giving God glory for what he's doing in your life. You might say, well, I got a lot of bad stuff going on. No, new perspective. God's up to something. I don't know what it is, but I know the solution is in him. Hallelujah. Let's watch this clip. It'll kind of bring home, he's with us. We know him by another name, Jesus. Pray with me this morning. Father, we just stand in your presence, sit in your presence. We are in your presence. And Lord, we've been tucked away for a minute. 
We've been at a place where you've pressed reset. You've interrupted our lives, our routines, and it's all good. Lord, we ask now, you have prepared us just like you did, John. And Lord, you are now taking us to finish the assignments you've given us, to start some assignments you've given us. We're in a place now where we're being released, filled with your fire. We're being put into the winds of your fire to fill us up to go forth. Father, just as the solution was in your son, he had to go through some stuff to get there. We got to go through stuff. But whatever, God, we're doing, you are there. You are in control, and you know what you're accomplishing in our lives. So, Lord, Lord, write this word on our hearts. And, God, we'll just be faithful to arise. We'll be faithful to answer the call to be interrupted. Do it, Jesus. We don't even care. Interrupt us so that we can be so close to you love you, worship you, and accomplish our purpose for why we're even here. Let people look at our lives and see you. Lord, we just give you thanks today as we head from Passover to Pentecost. Now begin to fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, fill us up. Get us ready for the wind to blow us into whatever you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just really sense some of you are feeling that anxiety and that fear. I command it to be loosed off of you in the name of Jesus. Some of you, you're just going, how come I'm not healed yet? You're feeling like God's let you down somewhere. I bind that up and I speak that healing to come into your body, starting with your mind and all the way down healing in the name of Jesus. I release, I release faith even now through the live stream and into this sanctuary. Faith, not fear. We are the people of God, and we will arise. In Jesus' name. Pastor Scott.